Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Review Anything. My name is Glenn Johnson. And I'm Joe Frank. And uh, we are continuing, with no change, our mission to review anything. Everything is exactly the same. Has not been very long. It's been like only like probably like only a couple days since our last episode. I mean, that's what it feels like. So I don't think anyone has forgotten that we have a podcast. There's no way. <laughs> Everybody's well, been on pins and needles every day checking the podcast app to see if it's up. Especially for what we're going to be reviewing today. I mean. <laughs> It's been a long time coming. It's been a very highly uh, requested episode. Just over and over, everyone's just been begging for us to review this film. I mean, we've been, this one's been in the works for what, like 68 years? Yeah. Yeah. 60, something (laughs) like that. Uh, Of course, you guys already know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Today, we are going to be reviewing 1956's Moby Dick. All right, give it a uh, <laughs> second for applause. I'll let you guys calm down. I guess maybe we can give the background on why we watched this. So last year, I bought Moby Dick, the book, because I had heard a lot about it, and it's obviously considered a classic in literature. And I read through it and pretty much really loved it. As I was reading through it, Joe and I were still meeting together and talking, and I would tell him about what I was reading that week in the book. For Christmas last year, Joe bought me this movie, the 1956 Moby Dick, uh, directed by John Huston and written by him and Ray Bradbury. He bought that for me for Christmas, and our intention was to watch it together. And then nine months went by, and then we finally watched it together. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also you talked about you talked about Roger Deakins and his. Oh yeah, that was that was a big, like that was very intriguing and made me even more curious to watch it. Yeah, I forgot about that. That Ro- yeah, Roger Deakins loves the book. I think he said he's reread it. I don't know how many times. And that the movie he thinks is like one of the best out there. I forgot about that. I could be making this up, but I feel like he said something about like watching it for inspiration, like yeah. throughout his life. Yeah. Which I mean. Before we get obviously to the review, but like I mean, cin- like cinematography and and the way this movie looks is insane. I it is. I still can't get over it. Yeah, we're definitely we'll definitely talk about that. This is just going to be a spoiler filled conversation because this is a very old book and story, and uh, probably most people already kind of know how it ends. But if you don't, uh, we are going to be talking openly about spoilers. Spoilers. To start, though, I'm curious, just over the last year I've read the book, so it's still pretty new to me. Um, I'm curious what you, even before we watched the movie, knew of the book or the story, or like just what was your overall kind of idea or uh, connection to Moby Dick, if there was any? Yeah, um, I I, I think I read the Great Illustrated Classics version of Moby Dick, which was the like... There's a picture on every other page, super short, and you can read it like an hour. I read that version of it when I was a kid, I think. Um, So I had a little bit of context for the story, which is 
interesting i wonder how that book ends because like it's yeah it's a very grim ending (laughs) yeah but also my other only context for this movie is there's a crazy scene in it with like lightning and some special effects i had seen that on like a montage of tcm commercial like a a montage of movies on tcm and i was like oh man what in the world and uh because i was like i just assumed it was a pretty straightforward like whale hunting movie like not uh i didn't know it had anything crazy in it so when i saw that i was like well that's weird and then i think i asked my mom if she had seen it and she was like nah or I don't know. She didn't really care about it. So, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Like I knew that Gregory Peck was in it and I knew it was like really weird. And then I did see the, um, the very forgettable, unfortunately. Um, what's his name? I can't even remember his name. Opie. Ron Howard. Ron Howard's movie. <laughs> Opie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's what we all know him as. <laughs> um, the, uh, in the heart of the sea. Um, which I think is based on the true story that inspired Moby Dick. Yeah. Um, something like that. So I watched that and was not very impressed and kind of forgot about it. So, so that's my that's my background with Moby Dick. Yeah, I think I, I before I read the book, it was very similar. Uh, actually, I probably knew even less than you did. I think I knew just for whatever reason, because I guess it's an iconic opening line, the call me Ishmael. I knew yeah. that. Like I sure. had heard that before, and and even the idea of like a white whale, uh, mm. being kind of metaphorical for like that endless impossible quest for whatever. Um, yeah. So it's like culturally, it is very relevant still, oddly, for how strange of a story and book it, and movie it is. Which I feel like that's something that I, it would be good to start with. Actually, is I think that what makes the movie and the book so uh, fascinating is there is such a groundedness to Moby Dick like especially the book but the movie too where there's ships and water and sailors and church and blood like it's very elemental almost yeah but within all of that it's also extremely like mysterious and almost otherworldly with even you know towards the beginning the prophet that kind of <laughs> accosts them before they board the ship and then the gold coin that they nail to the the ship mast that has like a very ominous like almost power to it especially in the way that they shoot it yeah in the movie and like ed- edited into certain scenes it's almost like it's watching over them and obviously like you said the thunderstorm with like the green glow and even the almost like personified nature of the whale how it feels like a person enacting revenge or like it so and i i think that that's something that makes it really interesting is it's not just this typical like swashbuckling sea movie it's also very like spiritual for sure i really i really liked how at like the way it's all set up with the ishmael guy getting to the the village and it's like whaling is like the thing there there's Mm -hmm. like statues to like or not statues there's like uh like monuments to like in the church to like the the dead whalers who had been killed all in the year they died and everything and what kind of whale killed them stuff like that and then um the uh everybody in the taverns like you know 
oh, if you're going to come here and be a whaler, you got to like be with us and stuff or we'll, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it'll be a competition or whatever. But like when they're in the tavern and they all hear like the thump of the peg leg outside. Oh yeah. That's such a great moment. Like, and it, it like in older movies like that, you don't, there aren't a lot of those like Spielberg character introductions, mm. like where it's like, this person is important. Like, yeah. There, it's it doesn't happen a lot, especially pre sixties and seventies. Like you don't get a lot of that like larger than life character introduction kind of thing. That's true. Yeah, it feels like the movies show their hand really quickly, or like you know, you just see Ahab. Yeah. Even even you would see his face as he walks by the tavern. Yeah. But this is like you don't see his face. You just hear it. Well, you they all hear it and like stop everything they're doing like the whole tavern just like goes silent and they look out the window mm-hmm. and he like is walking into his quarters or mm-hmm. whatever but you don't see his face you just hear him and see like a rough outline of him yeah it's that's great. like and then and then from then on like there's just like shots of the door to his uh cab yeah on the boat yeah that's just like and the, all the while our dictator was silent or whatever and then like they go to bed and they hear him walking around on the deck like that it's so cool like that's not something you see in old movies and i'd be interested to see it feels like it probably took 40 minutes before ahab is actually like a present character and he gives his big first speech they're very patient with it which is is crazy Uh, another detail about the whaling town that's great is uh when orson wells as the priest comes out and climbs up the rope ladder to get to his uh pulpit oh yeah (laughs) that was so good (laughs) that like just super long pretty much like just a single take of his face preaching i it might have cut away but like it it was it was really long Mm -hmm. like they were like all right we got we got orson wells so we're gonna gonna milk this (laughs) And it's perfect. It's it's so good. Which I I love that scene because that's a whole chapter in the book is Ishmael on that morning going to church and just I mean it's like ten pages of just a sermon, but it's it's amazing. Yeah. Well, there's a whole chapter of him like tying his shoes and getting his uh, <laughs> putting a scarf on, and, like you know all that. You gotta you gotta really build up to. <laughs> Honestly, some of the chapters feel like that, so <laughs> it's pretty accurate. <laughs> I okay. Uh, so, if we want to talk about Ahab, did you uh, like Gregory Peck as Ahab? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought he was great. I mean, yeah, like same. that opening, that intro, the intro, the very first intro. But then, like when he, <clears throat> when they're all scrubbing the deck, and then one of the guys is just like staring, and then they all like stop what they're doing yeah. and look up. That's and then he's just like all stern and like scary looking. It's pretty pretty early on that he gives like a big speech mm-hmm. um, to all of them, and it's yeah, it's perfect. I I think he's great, and that's the big turning point because that's basically him saying, like, we're just gonna hunt Moby Dick. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. That's so that's a little bit further into it, but but yeah, I mean, it's he does. I think he does a great job mm-hmm. of playing this like mythic character. Like he just seems. He's like so hell bent on getting the whale, and but he still somehow like comes across as somebody that the crew would love, yeah, and follow, yeah. He's only like a crazy man 
in his room with the one guy. Stub or Starbuck? I can't remember. Starbuck. Yeah, yeah, Starbuck. He's only a crazy man when he has his Starbucks. <laughs> for most of it's when we don't have our Starbucks, but for him it's just something just drives him insane. All the caffeine. Uh yeah, I I agree and it's I I was thinking about it and you probably have more of a understanding of what kind of role this is for Gregory Peck. I mean, I assume because you've seen a lot more older films than I have, but yeah, uh, I think the only other thing I've seen Gregory Peck in is To Kill a Mockingbird, which is obviously a very, very different role. Very different, for sure. Having just seen that, he seems like, which again, maybe just because he played that character really well, but seems like a very like composed, quiet yeah. kind of character. He usually is. I mean, he's in... Like he's in some westerns and stuff, and he's usually like the really quiet but like good, honorable character and stuff. And this is a very yeah, very different role. I mean the the like kind of crazy eyes sometimes, and like mm-hmm. yeah, very different. But it's he does it does a great job. And I feel like he is given a couple really. I mean, I feel like most of the scenes he's in are like long monologues. Yeah, it's him. You know, either delivering a long monologue or speech to the crew or that really long conversation that he has with Starbuck in the quarters. Like, those are the ones that stick out in my mind. I can't really remember much that's not like him kind of orating to the crew. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of like short conversations or like Mm -hmm. he he walks around and gives orders a few times, but that's, that's, yeah, pretty much it. And he doesn't really even do that because yeah. he's got the first mate to do that for him. So the uh, I I wasn't I wasn't a huge fan of I even had to look up his name. I don't know. Uh, Richard Basehart, who played Ishmael. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of him. I don't know. It's weird because the movie overall is very like it doesn't feel super polished. It feels very grounded. And but then he just for some reason always looks like his hair is like pristine throughout the yeah. whole movie, which that's maybe that's, that's maybe not fair to him. Yeah. <laughs> cause I don't think that if he maybe chose that, but like it just, it, that kind of bothered me cause yeah. Ahab even is kind of like grimy and dirty and like his hair slicked back, but it looks like oily and I don't, yeah. or like his hair, like, I don't know. And then Richard Basehart just looks like, and like he has like the little, like, scarf and like a v-neck I, I was just like i don't yeah yeah doesn't seem right yeah well i i was distracted because he looks kind of like ewan mcgregor <laughs> it's a really weird like i kept thinking that all throughout the movie it's like ah, oh, it's really strange <laughs> like like modern ewan mcgregor yeah, yeah. the way he looks right now and for that reason we have to give this film zero stars yeah it's no question um so but yeah, honestly, like the rest of the cast, even, I mean, Queequeg, the guy who played Queequeg, I thought was pretty good. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what, if he's in other stuff, I don't know. And this is like, this is not really that big of a complaint, but I, I do feel like in the movie, the development of Queequeg and Ishmael's relationship is not quite as strong as it is in the book. Mm. In the book, they have like, it basically like a spiritual connection that night when they first share a bed in the inn. Yeah. And throughout the rest of the movie, there's just like this unspoken, just understanding that they're like connected no matter what. And I don't, 
I don't know if I felt that as much. But that, I mean, again, that's not... I When you're taking a book, I feel like when you take a book like Moby Dick, like how, almost how do you decide how to uh, condense that down into a, you know, watchable... I don't, I can't remember how long it was, an hour 50 or an hour 40 movie. And I mean, to that same point, like some of my least favorite parts of the book, but also some parts that were really interesting were just like, it's written almost as nonfiction where it just for like 300 pages just goes into extreme detail of whaling practices and, (laughs) (laughs) and all the steps involved in the things, in those things. And I, I, I mean, obviously that might not translate as well to a movie, but some of that, I mean, there is, there are some scenes where they're, you know, especially, which we haven't even talked about yet, but like the hunting scenes are crazy to just, because that, that almost doesn't seem real that that's really how they hunted whales. Right. That they got in these little boats, harpooned them, allowed themselves to be pulled by the whale as they just continued to stab it until it died. It's crazy that that's, the method yeah and then also you know even for the time so i i think when we were watching it we were talking about trying to figure out how they made those whales i guess i assume a lot of them are miniatures but i did read that it says so moby dick was an 85 foot long steel reinforced rubberized construction so when they actually confront moby dick at the end of the movie that was an 85 foot long actual like constructed whale that's insane which I guess makes sense because there are shots of Gregory Peck on the whale. So I guess they would have to have something that was. Yeah. Well, weren't there, there were some shots that me and you were both like, what is ha- like, is yeah. this real? Because yeah. there were shots of like the harpoons going in and like blood coming out and stuff. I don't know what that was. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know how they, I don't know how they shot that. Like, did they actually kill some whale? <laughs> I think we actually did say that at one point while <laughs> watching it we're like did they kill a real whale for this movie <laughs> yeah it it honestly did look like it which i i would say is a testament to the to the special effects that they pulled off yeah especially for the time and you pointed out while we were watching it because there are these like slow motion shots of the whale i mean almost to a fault look the shots look exactly the same yeah over and over and over of it just like diving in and out of the water but it looks really cool. But I, but you pointed out that it was, it looked like a miniature. So I think most of the whales they hunted probably were miniatures. Yeah, for the most part, it was like, it was super seamless. Cause I, at the beginning of that first hunt, I was having trouble figuring out what was, what was happening. Yeah. Like technically, what was happening. It was like, man, this all looks really good. I can't figure out what, how they did all this. But the, uh, I think all of the boat, stuff was probably in a studio Mm -hmm. there were just a few times when you could tell like the drops of water were like huge like they shouldn't have been that big but but otherwise like the way it was all cut together and everything was crazy it was amazing like it was so so well done for especially for that time it's insane which yeah do you want to talk about the cinematography a little bit and the way it was shot yeah there was some incredible shots and sequences in this movie i mean it's it's like just technically is is wild Mm -hmm. and they also they were really experimenting with color um and the i'm not sure i'd like to read more about it but i know there was some kind of weird color process they went went through and the colors are really odd it's like almost monochromatic but then like 
green or blue or mm-hmm. and then sometimes like you see one shot and then it cuts to the reverse and it's like a different color so like obviously they were still learning how to do it but like yeah there's the the scene that i think i'll always think of with cinematography as far as cinematography goes in this is the um the big storm uh, that happens like there's just shots where water's all over the camera and like the lens is all smeary looking and like uh but they also shot at a super shallow depth of field for for that time Mm -hmm. and so everything has this like very otherworldly look to it and it i don't know it's it was just so striking yeah i mean so well shot like i feel like there are so many different scenes that you could just take a still frame and and it would just be you could just look at it i mean it's like well that that shot in the in the storm where he has the harpoon and he like raises it up into the air and the camera like it's handheld and it's just following his hand as it raises it into the air i, I don't i again like i i feel like i can't speak like that feels ahead of its time but it kind of does like it, it, it feels it was. very yeah it feels very I, I not I mean kind of like Malik like it's this like yeah. like flowing with the motion and and very like the water and the light and like I don't know it's just like doesn't fe- it doesn't feel like a shot that I would expect to see in 1956 adaptation of Moby Dick like it doesn't <laughs> it's not it's not what you expect when you go watch that movie yeah and there were there were a couple other moments like that too where it's like this this just doesn't look like the time that it was made but that one especially the the storm and the the lightning the green lightning him holding up the glowing harpoon that's all that stuff is it's like it that's the stuff that feels so like mythical and yeah crazy that like you said the juxtaposition with how grounded the whaling is mm-hmm. in the movie is i'm sure in the book especially but like in the movie i i, I do feel like it was shot and put together in a way to like try to show you how that was done in like a really careful way. Like, yep. like it was, I, I feel like they, there was a lot of attention to detail with how they shot the whaling stuff to make it realistic. And then you have this moment of like weird, like spiritual power happening that is very unexplained and not really, they don't really even talk about it after that. Like, I guess it's then when Ahab is like, all right, we're going to we're going to all like give our blood to yeah. like make a new weapon or whatever, a new harpoon. Yeah. It's It'll be like cooled wild. in the blood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's uh, I'm trying to think of how to talk about it thematically. I mean, the themes of the book and the movie are kind of this idea of almost like inevitability of certain forces in life. I don't know. Like it's almost like when they set out and when Ahab says that they're going after the whale, it's basically like we're all going to die. Yeah. Nothing about it feels hopeful. Nothing about it feels like there's a chance we could do this. And then as it goes along, like every thing that happens to them is almost like a reinforcement of like, this needs to stop. (laughs) Like a guy, like at one point a guy's just like climbing down the mast and then he falls off and he dies. And I, you know, and in the book it goes a lot into the fact that like sailors were extremely superstitious people. And I think it yeah. kind of touches on it in the movie too. Yeah. So like anything like that that happens feels like a sign that like we need to not be doing this. But it's almost this like feeling like you can surmount something that is not or should not be surmounted. 
and I don't know, I don't know, like, at the end of the film, like, what, not, like, not that there has to be, like, this is what we learned, but it's just, like, I'm trying to just, I don't know if I know what, like, the overall theme or idea is. Yeah. I don't know. Seems like it's kind of a cautionary thing of, like, don't get so wrapped up in one goal that you sacrifice everything else. Mm -hmm. Being driven and stuff like that is, is good, but not to a fault. Right. And then, but then you tie it. I mean, this is maybe a stretch, but think of other movies that deal with that theme like Whiplash. And in the end, that movie saying, if you really push hard enough, you can kill the white whale, basically. Yeah. You can get the nod of approval. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, so it's, <laughs> but I guess also, you know, again, in this case, it's, it was uh, death. <laughs> and not only your death, but the, the death of dozens of shipmates. Yep. It's, yeah, I guess about obsession. Speaking of death, the the shot of him strapped like to the whale and his arm like beckoning all the yeah. sailors that was insane that's probably my favorite shot of the movie yeah uh cuz he like basically jumps on moby dick and is stabbing it over and over just trying to kill it and it <laughs> takes him takes him under and when he comes back up he's wrapped up in all the rope and harpoons and chains and like crap that everyone's tried to kill Moby Dick with in the past as Moby Dick just kind of bobs up and down in the water his limp dead arm is just moving one of the sailors just says look he beckons and then they keep going to kill Moby Dick again it's like it plays yeah. into that superstition where it's like they feel like he's calling them from the dead to like keep going yeah well and it's crazy because Starbuck is the one who yeah they're all like I don't know what we should do and he's like we're gonna go we're gonna yeah. do this and he's like, the one who almost kills Ahab in the middle of the yeah. kind of hunt because he thinks he's so crazy. So that's a very interesting 180 for his character. He gets so caught up in the in the moment and the the thrill of what they're doing, I guess. The prophecy like comes true verbatim and stuff because he says like he'll die and then come back and and beckon oh, the yeah. rest of you to him and then uh and then there'll only be one left. Like yeah, and that's what happens. And Ishmael. Ishmael is the only one who survives. And I love. I mean, it's it's amazing in the novel too. But like, you know, he, that he rides to safety in Queequeg's coffin. Yeah. Again, if it, it, it feels like one, it's just like an amazing image. But it also feels very symbolic. And I don't. Again, I don't know if I can really wrap my head around why. I mean, and that's how so much of Moby Dick feels. It feels almost like biblical. It feels like. Yeah. Like it feels ancient. Like it feels like it's it's just yeah. like always been a story that's existed. And I don't know whether that's because the themes. And again, like I, I have a hard time even unpacking. I'm sure that there are a lot of smart people that have what the themes are, but it just feels like resonant and timeless. For me, watching it, there was like so much that I was like, okay, this is the origin of something I've seen in a movie, or like yeah. this is yeah. where like they clearly watched this or at least read the book before they made it. Like. Master and Commander, like I kept thinking about that movie because there's so much in Master and Commander that's very similar. There's even like the scene in the cabin where his best friend is like trying to convince him not to chase down this French boat. And I mean, that's even the whole premise of Master and Commander, this enigmatic French boat that they're trying to track down and destroy. Like it's not to the same level as Moby Dick, um, like his obsession over it. And then... Master and Commander ends up being like he learns and grows and becomes a better person. But whereas Ahab just dies. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a much different outcome. Another thing that I feel like, I feel like the lighthouse, they had to have watched Moby Dick. Like some of the, the scenes of Ahab, like just pontificating. Yeah. I feel like that that's very much like Willem Dafoe. It is. I honestly, yelling I, heart and stuff. Right when, yeah, right when you said that, I was like, even Willem Dafoe's like look kind of is yeah like Captain Ahab. And then even, I think probably even like Jaws and stuff like that. Mm, um, yeah. Which yeah. you haven't seen. So you no, don't know. I'm sorry. You don't even know what that is. It's you don't know what it's about, what it's about or anything. About a dentist? No. No. <laughs> Not even close. Moby Dick. Yeah. What a movie. And if you have the DVD, highly, highly, highly recommend <laughs> watching, going to the extras and watching the trailer for Billy Two Hats. Yes. Uh, that is included as a special feature. Uh, an old, what, 60s probably, Western, uh, where Gregory Peck plays a old, I don't know what he is, prospector or yeah. sheriff or something. something. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. We So we finished watching the movie and went to the extras and saw Billy Two Hats, and we watched it instantly. And I was, I cried laughing the whole time we were watching it, and then probably 10 minutes later we were just talking about the moments in the trailer and i was crying laughing it was <laughs> it's so good it was great it was such a good such a good way to end the film it was that's a little just pro tip uh, yeah. that you get probably nowhere else than review anything watch it afterwards cuz it's going to you're going to be all giggly if you watch it before and the other two trailers were I mean, one was for, I guess one was for Moby Dick, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. But, but it gave away so much. It shows, I think it shows Ahab like dying. Yeah, it shows him die. <laughs> it shows the shot of him all wrapped up in the ropes. It's like, what? It's like the last 10 minutes. What's left to see? And it was like a five minute trailer, too. Those tr old trailers were so long. It had like one of his monologues that had him dying. Yeah. And the other trailer was, I can't remember what it was for, but it was like, this is the most important movie that's ever been made. <laughs> On the beach or something? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's forgotten existed yeah. already. Never has a film wowed audiences this much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Which, you know, back in the early 50s, that might have been true, actually. Could have been. 40s, yeah, who knows? Know. They didn't... They and, were still you know, not used to seeing a lot of things on this on the big screen. So yeah, well, this was I I would I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was I would definitely give it a five out of five. Yeah, it was a yeah excellent piece of cinema, especially from like a historical standpoint. It's just like it's a it's incredible. Yep, I agree. Kind of makes sense why some people probably haven't tried to do another Moby Dick because it really does do it. Pretty much, pretty much as well as you possibly could. Yeah. For what the material is, so it's it definitely satisfied my desire to see it on screen. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it's good stuff. So just to keep you know teasing it out, uh, still coming up. Tree of Life episode is coming. Yep, that's definitely coming soon. Um, we In have the works. Definitely recorded that episode. 
or have any kind of plan to record it. Definitely a hundred percent. Yep. Facts. So keep keep looking out for that one. Keep looking out for that. It's gonna be really good. It's gonna change the podcast industry. I would say. I- <laughs> Uh, but uh, in all honesty, we actually do want to try to do this somewhat more regularly. Hopefully it won't be quite as long in between episodes as it has been. Just go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, we have several different tiers starting at a million dollars. So if you guys could do that, that'd be great. million up to a billion. Right. Um, once we reach $10 billion a month, we can make this our full-time job. So really... <laughs> Excited about that. You know, we're not in this for the money. No. We're in this for the love of of film. Of cinema. cinema. Yeah, I mean, but again, if we do reach $10 this can be our full-time job. And we can do one episode every couple months, probably. At least (laughs) bi-yearly. Oh, man. I feel like if anyone actually likes this show, they are mad that how unseriously (laughs) the fact that we do this show (laughs) oh man anyway thank you guys so much for watching and listening (laughs) crap how did i ruin that (laughs) thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time bye